Welcome to the Hindsight Decision Makers Podcast. Here we dive into what's on the minds of the women and men who make the state of New Hampshire tick. And here is your host, Patrick Hines of Hines Communications. Failing grades at Bedford High School doubled over the previous year in the first quarter of this school year. In Nashua, over 1,000 parents have joined Nashua Parent Voice. They're preparing a recall effort of school board members who refuse to reintroduce in-person learning. And according to data from the Manchester School District, 42% of kids are failing at least one class. 30% have five or more absences so far this year. Are New Hampshire students in crisis? I caught up with Representative Glenn Cordelli of Tuftonboro. We talked in about, about an exciting new bill that he's sponsoring, House Bill 20, establishing education freedom accounts. Representative Cordelli is in his fifth term representing Moultonboro, Sandwich, and Tuftonboro. He's the vice chair of the Education Committee in the New Hampshire House of Representatives. Here is my conversation with Representative Glenn Cordelli. Well, so Representative Cordelli, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So you are kind of spearheading the effort for House Bill 20, which is establishing the Richard Dick Hinch Education Freedom Account Program. Let's dive right into that and uh, explain to us what education freedom accounts are and why are they so important now? Great. I'd be glad to. Uh, Education freedom accounts um, are a form of uh, savings accounts like uh, health savings accounts. And the basic concept is that uh, the money from the state that would go to educate your child that currently goes to the school district would be placed in an account for the parents to find the best education options for their child. Uh, The accounts um, are managed. They will have uh, controls in place in terms of allowable expenses that the money can be used for, but the expenses can cover a variety of education uh, opportunities. It could be tuition, it could be tutors, it could be therapies, um, a whole range of options uh, for parents uh, with the goal being that every child deserve the best education possible. And um, there was a, a quote that I always refer to from Thomas Sowell, well-known author, and he said that the basic question is not what is best, but who says what is best? And I believe that is parents. And uh, that's really the foundation of this uh, account program. Uh, Why now? Uh, I think that remote learning during this pandemic has really opened a a window for parents into their child's education uh, about the education that's being provided to them, the good and the bad, um, there are great teachers that parents have, uh, have seen in action uh, through the remote learning, but um, other things as well. And they've also learned more about how their child actually learns. Remote learning, uh, online learning isn't for everybody. For some, it's great. Uh, for others, it's uh, not so great and is uh, causing a lot of problems. Uh, but this whole remote learning period is, I think, speeding up. 
the process, uh, the move to providing more education options for families um, across the nation. Uh, states across the nation are just within the past few months uh, providing legislation for similar types of uh, school choice programs. How uh, will the education freedom accounts be administered and what families will have access to the program? Uh, good question. Uh, the accounts will be managed by uh, the uh, scholarship organization that uh, probably is already in place. Uh, we have a scholarship organization, uh, Children's Scholarship uh, Fund, that manages our tax credit scholarship program, um, using tax credits from businesses and individuals to provide scholarships. And they will um, oversee this uh, new program. Um, and there's a lot of uh, controls in place. There will be oversight for the organization. Uh, there's a parent uh, advisory council, and there'll be a new legislative oversight committee as well. In terms of uh, families that will be eligible, uh, the bill states that basically any child who is eligible to attend a public school in New Hampshire will be eligible to get one of these accounts. Um, and basically that involves uh, the parent uh, uh, signing an agreement uh, about the education of their child, and the state will then uh, fund the account for uh, the family and um, the parent uh, can then use it uh, as they see uh, what education options are best for their child. So it's a, a broad-ranging uh, program with uh, 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 many children eligible, uh, including um, the bill states, including children who are in a school that is doing remote or hybrid learning they will be eligible to take an account and look for uh, maybe a better education option for the child. Um, well, it sounds good. So let's ask some of the tougher questions. Where does the money come from? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, be having a lot of discussion about that question. Uh, sure. <laughs> but the, uh, the accounts are funded by the state money. Um, education uh, in the state is uh, basically from the state uh, treasury and local funds. So this bill does not touch the local funds that are used to uh, fund the uh, local schools. It's just well, and just money. and just to be and just to be clear, it's our money, <laughs> right? Yes, like right. We paid it, so it's, it's yeah. not money from somewhere else. Right. Uh, I love uh, when people talk about uh, public money or government money, but uh, <laughs> really it's, it's taxpayer money. Yeah. So in effect, we're taking the uh, state uh, money that taxpayers have provided to the state and returning it to parents to fund their kids' uh, education um, as they see fit. Um, so that's really uh, the basic um funding source and uh it really doesn't touch the local money that your uh district uh, gets from uh, local taxpayers um and it doesn't touch uh federal funds that go to your local district either so <clears throat> you can hear the critics now 
um, sure. this money, you know, this money goes to religious schools or this money takes or this takes money away from public school children. How do you answer those charges? Okay, first, um, the religious schools. Um, this past uh, June, uh, the United States Supreme Court ruled in a case called Espinoza versus Montana Department of Revenue. And uh, in that case, the Supreme Court ruled that if monies are provided to a private school, the uh, state cannot exclude religious schools from that program. Um, there is uh, something called uh, Blaine Amendments in many state constitutions that provide, excuse me, uh, prohibit public funds from going to religious schools. But this uh, landmark Supreme Court case basically invalidated those um, uh, amendments based on the uh, Establishment Clause of our United States Constitution. So, I and, and that, those Blaine, those Blaine amendments, just so everybody knows, they come from an era of, of deep-seated anti-Catholic um, hatred in a lot of states, especially in New England, but around the country, that um, was specifically targeted toward uh, punishing and um, prosecu persecuting Christ uh, uh, Catholics. Correct. Um, and uh, Jewish schools uh, as well. The uh, Ku Klux Klan was very involved in um, uh, promoting um, uh, restrictions on uh, Catholic schools and Jewish schools. Um, and uh, there was um, even, uh, I remember reading about uh, a Catholic school in Maine that was burned down and the uh, priest was tarred and feathered. Um, Good Lord. So, yeah. Um, so we we do have a bill also this year to repeal the New Hampshire Blaine Amendment uh, because of it, the um, history of religious bigotry um, in in that um, in that amendment. Um, so, but, what what is the sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to uh, uh, answer the question about um, taking money away from public schools. And um, briefly, uh, based on similar programs in other states, we have not seen a large percentage of students uh, taking uh, these um, education freedom accounts or education savings accounts. So we think, um, especially to begin with, it'll uh, be a very small uh, percentage of students. And it again, it's only the state money. All local money and federal money that the district currently receives uh, will not be touched uh, by this program. And we are estimated to see a enrollment decline of you know, maybe 20,000 students over the next decade. Uh, that's without considering this program. So districts are going to have to learn um, how to adjust their budgeting and their costs to uh, deal with this enrollment decline. And um, and, and to be clear, that this uh, doesn't have to be used to, to pull a kid out of public school and put him in a private school. 
a lot of kids have had a bad school year because the the remote learning has not worked out, the hybrid learning has not worked out, and they may need some extra help to get caught up. They can use it for that too, right? Correct. Um, yes, uh, tutors, um, all kinds of uh, uh, education uh, services are provided for in this legislation, and uh, the uh, accounts can be used to fund those types of uh, uh, options as well. I, uh, I was just on the phone this morning with a, a lady whose uh, um, daughter is having problems in school and um, but loves riding and has special needs and um, uh, equine therapy uh, would be covered in this you know there's a lot of kids with special needs that love uh, and do great with equine therapy yeah. things like that would even be covered in this bill that's great um, what is the fiscal impact of the legislation? In other words, what is this all going to cost us? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the better question would be, what is it going to save us? Um, the Department of Education just came out with a fiscal analysis uh, that shows a uh, savings to the taxpayers over the next dec- over the next decade of between three hundred and sixty and three hundred and ninety million dollars. Um, and that is because uh, not all school costs are fixed. Many are variable, and maybe uh, 70% are variable, um, like the number of teachers and um, uh, bus transportation and so forth. Uh, they might not be variable um, immediately, but over the long run, um, they are variable. And the... Um, Economic benefits, uh, even uh, for the state, weren't included in this analysis. But uh, if we have a better educated population, it's going to co—excuse me—save costs to the state for many social programs uh, that uh, might be needed if um, uh, the education. Uh, for our students is not uh, producing the results that we would like. Um, you know, looking at current proficiency scores, for instance, in our schools, um, we're going to need a uh, well-educated workforce uh, in the future. And um, I think that programs like this uh, have shown in other states that they can produce um, those economic benefits for states, and there are many studies that uh, point that out. And I'll just uh, mention also there are many studies that show that when there is a substantial school choice program such as this, that the public schools in the area achievement increases uh, because of something that we're well familiar with called competition. Right. Um, all right. So if uh, people, just regular people, not legislators, want to help pass education freedom accounts in New Hampshire, what can they do? Uh, that's great, and uh, thank you for asking that. Um, uh, contact your local legislators um, and tell them that you support this program. Um, and there is a new website that has uh, just been put up um, that will provide uh, people with information about the program. There's a little video explaining education freedom accounts. 
but there is also an, an action center that allows someone to put in their address and it will send uh, an email to your specific legislators uh, in your area um, telling them you support this program and would like the legislation passed. And it's very important for legislators to hear specifically from their own constituents. They, uh, uh, speaking from experience, uh, they pay great attention to someone from their uh, district that uh, reaches out to them and um, asks for uh, uh, help in passing legislation. Education Freedom Accounts, Representative Glenn Cordelli of Thuftonboro, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Decision Makers. If you care about the issues driving conversation in New Hampshire and you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends on social media and sign up at HeinzCommunications.com to receive notice of new episodes. Until next time, I'm Patrick Hines.